Uh, recording has begun. There's no turning back now. Just before we get started, I, I was looking at my uh, my phone history. I was trying to check out something mm-hmm. on my my Google search. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I should screen cap. It's just filled with frequent and urgent urination. <laughs> when uh, hi everyone, it's Howard. It's Fred. I was uh, just talking to Freddie about my. I don't know. I think I have a urinary tract infection, but I, I had a couple days where, man, I was just going to the bathroom. I well, still am. I'm frequent and urgent urination, but I, and I was worried that I had what you have, and you had a a prostate problem. Yes, mine was prostate. Mine was never ever really emptying my bladder properly. No, um, but my, mine was tied to um, an uneven or low flow as they say well you so, seem to be different well you, I, yeah you had the reason you so you had a prostate issue of a buddy of mine that had that has bladder cancer had it was treated for it and you know just hearing what you guys have gone through you know it it, it, it the problem with the male anatomy is if you have issues in that area you got to go in through the wiener hole yeah <laughs> duh like it's ex- some of the things that my friend Paul has told me, having had the treatments for bladder cancer, all go in through the outhole of the wiener or the mm-hmm. urethra. Oh yeah, yeah, brother. You don't want to have a catheter put in. Remember, 2018, I had a catheter in my packer for six weeks. I Think forget about that. that. Six weeks. What did you do? I had a catheter in my packer for six weeks. That's what I did. I know, but what did you do during that six weeks? Because I, I, I don't know. Does it? Do you get used to it? Yeah, yeah. In a way, like you have a bag strapped to your leg, and every so often during the day, you have to go get the bag <laughs> and fucking pour it into the toilet. And then in the evening, you have the big bag that sits on the floor and the tube goes from your pecker into the bag and you wake up in the morning and you look down to see all the pee in there. It's sickening. What is and then you have to empty that bag. So you don't want to go there. Uh, no, I don't. No. So what do you think yours is? Yours well, I, I is think the, it's a, a, a urinary tract infection. Um, you know, I, you I, have got that? What I have don't you been know. Doing? You've got to be doing something to get a urinary tract infection. Well, sometimes it comes from, you know, grown-up adult relations. You know, it can, really? it can yes. Hmm. And what do you do? Did he put you on medication? No, because like I, I, I just went to the doctor because I, I, uh, I had this uh, a couple of days where I, I must have gone to the washroom like 40 times. But it wasn't like you described your symptoms. Similar to my buddy Paul with the bladder cancer. Um, which was basically this urge to go, and then nothing comes out. Yeah. Or you stand there and you wait, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, very frustrating, I understand. Yeah, and I told you, and I'll be downright uh, honest with you. There were times where you really felt, I really felt I had to pee, stand there, nothing would come up. I'd literally have to sit down and and try and have a bowel movement mm. before, I, before I could <laughs> urinate. Tell me how. So just think about that. You're out cutting the lawn or something. You get this urgency to pee. It's, oh, I got to pee. I got to pee. And you go inside. You can't pee. Right. And it's a concern. It's very uncomfortable. Yes. 
So as you're trying to push out the urine, you get these feelings like, oh, my goodness, I might shit myself. Nice. So yeah. then you sit down and have the bowel movement. Sure you and do. Then the, and then the urine <laughs> flows. Now, imagine dealing with that for a couple of years or three. Well, okay, I'm going to address that in a minute, but... So my address that I will I will address your <laughs> so I got you're cutting the lawn and next thing you know you're having a duty <laughs> and you didn't plan on it no um, my symptoms aren't that at all well, well they're not they're no. urgent but when I go every time I go it's just starting to concern me a couple nights ago because every time I go it's like a full powerful stream of urine you know and as a doctor it concerned me because it was my was my my side was a little bit sore and i couldn't sleep i was up three or four times and then i went to the doctor and gave him some urine dropped off a little urine at the uh, doctor store and then i haven't heard back from him but my symptoms have kind of subsided a little bit last night i was only up once like a normal person and uh the urgency isn't there but you know my buddy paul i mean you had a catheter Mm-hmm. Before your terp, or was it yeah. after your terp? Oh no! Well, it was before and after. Before and after. Paul, my buddy, had to all all the exams. Or they go in through the the, the urethra, all the the, the treatment, mm-hmm. and every three months he has to go in and have it you know checked, and he goes in through the. I mean, mm-hmm. what is that even like? Well, I guess after a while you're used to it. My dad sort of went through the same thing. If I remember correctly, his treatment was they actually went up and they would, like, coat his bladder with a waxy type thing or something. I Again, that's a long time ago. I probably shouldn't even talk about it in case I'm uh, delivering the wrong information. I but, uh, yeah, it sucks. I guess, you know, he gets used to it. And yeah. it's like anything else. It's uh, This is better than dying. The following episode oh, of sorry, Humble too soon. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Um. No, I was just going to say, I don't think anyone's coming here for medical advice, you know, even though I pretend I'm a doctor. But, you know, you're on top of it. Uh, the problem is a lot of guys like you, like me. By the way, I'm sure there's lots of guys listening now squeezing their legs together every time we talk about this. Yeah. The urethra. The urethra. Frankly. Urethra. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, you're on top of it. A lot of guys just let it go. Just hope it goes away. And that's when you run into problems. So well, it's no, uh, there's you, no messing you, you around the res- that area. You've done the responsible thing. What color is your urine? <laughs> it's, uh, it's why I'm laughing because that's another thing I was Googling all weekend. You know, I've got all mm. my, my computer history is just filled with P charts of what mm-hmm. normal P colors mean. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this, by the way, this all coincided with me going on this Noom uh, regime. I won't call it a diet, lifestyle change. And I started drinking an enormous amount of water, which, again, just coincidence. I might have gotten a UTI. You ain't got no alibi. I may have gotten this coincidentally with the uh, increase in water because I'm, I was drinking like no water. And now I'm drinking, you know, 90 ounces a day. Yeah, but what water would give give you a urinary tract infection? I'm saying it was a coincidence because it all this started. Creek water. Say again. Were you drinking creek water? Hmm. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, I was drinking creek water. Hey, I got to go down to the creek and fill up my water bottle. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's where, I, you know, because we don't have, where I live in the city, I know a lot of people don't know this, we don't have our own water. We have to go down to the creek. <laughs> By the way, that's also, that's also where I go to wash my clothes. You know, uh, you know, you're pretty good friends with your doctor, uh, Sharif. Yes, I am. You should have dropped off a vial of Stan's piss and see what he said. <laughs> Isn't that a bit funny? Oh, yeah. Just as a joke. Well, Frank. You know, because he's got nothing but time for jokey jokes from the How Man. I just love to see what, <laughs> you what the imagine. response would be. Because uh, he's very quiet. I was telling a doll, a doll, I was telling Rachel, because she asked me what Sharif said. His name is Sharif. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know, he's very quiet. He talks like doll. He's like, okay. He calls me Howie. Okay, yeah. Howie, I'll let you know when the... But do you imagine he calls me up, oh, Howie, uh, there's some very troubling things in your urine. Uh, what's that, doctor? Bits of stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's start the show because we got a lot of show to go. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've got Terry Hart today. Well, listen, you'll hear. People will hear. Hang on a second. Let me start this again. All right. The following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Manscaped. If clean balls are important to you, and I know they are, get Manscaped for a cleaner ball every time. And now, here are two men whose nut game is on point. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot that today was the beginning of the Manscaped uh, stuff. Just, just once, and once, just doing it once. Actually, a couple times this week we'll do it. Um, just to follow up to that, like my back surgery was life changing. So was my turf. Like it's wonderful what can be done. Seriously, yeah. since that turf, I'm just a normal guy again. And I, I'm, I'm going to use the word suffer. With that prostate thing, I literally suffered for a couple of years before my surgery. And the, the surgery goes in and, and it shaves your uh, prostate down. Well, literally, the enlarged prostate, which is, right. you know, impinging the urethra or whatever the terminology yeah. is, they literally drill a hole in it, which allows the urine to come. There's some concerns that your piss flap might be damaged where you can't, like, hold your pee. <laughs> right. But my piss flap, it survived, no problem, so I don't have that. So some guys may dribble, right, afterwards. So after no the turf, there could be a, a piss some flap dribble. issue, mm-hmm. the turf. Like if your bladder got too full, it might, you might uh, dribble leak. out. Yeah. Leaky bladder. But, you know, it's funny. You know, again, uh, I lucked out. So like my back surgery, you know, it could have complications. There could be side effects. I came through that, like, boom, no problem. Yeah, well, I'm happy for you. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm in... <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I'm in shoppers and, uh, you know, you get to a certain age and you walk by the Depends aisle. And I, I'm curious about the the guys on the on the packaging of the Depends mm-hmm. are sort of like those model looking middle aged men that look like they're having a great time wearing diverse mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I always find that funny. I'm like, who are they trying to kid? You know, it's like this picture of a guy who seems, you know, a, a sort of a mid-50s man, dashing, Dan Duran type, you know. And th- this is the cover of The Depends. And they just seem to be having a wonderful time and, and enjoying the fact that at this stage of their lives, their piss flap has been damaged and <laughs> they have no more control. But mm-hmm. And, and I, 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 I'll sit there looking. I'm like, well, what was that photo session like? Okay. I need you to look like you're happy to be wearing Depends. Same with lifestyle communities. Whenever you see pictures, right? The couple is either dancing or they're standing there with tennis rackets and sweaters around their necks. Like, come on, as if. (laughs) You know, you're you're absolutely right. I was going to say, it's very similar to that. Every time you see an advertisement for um, Mm -hmm. older people, Mm -hmm. whether it's a a community or um, medication, they always it's always this gray haired, lovely couple, mostly mm-hmm. white, mm-hmm. and they always seem to be having the greatest times. You don't see them mm-hmm. like, you know, he's got a, a catheter in his wiener hole and, oh, exactly. you know, exactly. She's incontinent. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a start to this show. And the problem is, when you have to wear diapers, like you got to stay on top of it. Because if you walk by one of those people, I don't give a shit what they say and how they promote those diapers. You get a little bis, uh, you get a little whiff of stale urine. You do. How do you know that? I've noticed from whom. Who do you know people, is wearing a diaper? People. No, you don't. Oh, known you don't people know. Over the years. No, I, you don't. Howard. Howard. Please. I've known. Have you known? I've known. I know. Okay. Yeah. Really. You know some diaper people? You've never walked by an old person and smelled a little bit of stale like urine? Like, ooh, Well, uh, not in my m- most recent memory. I'm just wondering, who, right. who are you hanging around? You're getting a lot of urine. <laughs> I was going to say, this is a great start to the show. You know, we do other things on this show, but this is medical. This is real life. You know, I brought it up because, you know, I've spent a weekend kind of being a little uncomfortable. A l- sure. lot uncomfortable. You know, that, that urgency thing is... The thing that got me to call my doctor because it wasn't just like I'm drinking a lot of water on Noom uh, and I'm, you know, urinating a lot. It was just like sometimes I'd I'd go two or three times in the same hour and whatever I drank, coffee, water. By the way, coffee's a diuretic. I know that. Like it was just coming out of me. But the, the saving grace of it was I, unlike you and my friend, I wasn't having any blockage or there was no, like, it wasn't uncomfortable to go, although there was a bit, you know, if we're being real, there was a bit of a stinging sensation at the end of my, you know, my track there was a little bit sore. Well, that would be enough. Yeah. That would be enough to tell you that there's something going on there, like. Something was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a bit stingy. Stings. Stingy. Yeah. No, no, but listen, I'll, if it ever comes to it, I'll, I'll keep on top of my diaper game. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll make sure I don't walk by you with stale urine. Like, I know a lot of them now offer sort of, uh, you know, a fragrance built within them. Oh, they do? Yeah. How do you know all this? Just, I don't know. You're just a, you know what? You see the commercials, you see the boxes in the stores. Okay. Uh, yeah. And sometimes the commercials on TV with the women are the ones that take me aback. Because sometimes they show, like, women that don't even look that old. And it's, oh, yes, whenever I laugh, I leak. So then I found Depends. Can you imagine <laughs> that? Every time you laughed, you leaked? Jesus Christ. 
Well, um, you know, people if, if, if people were listening to this show, they'd be sitting in a pool of their own pee-pee. Um, yeah. Okay, can we just pause? Can we, can we move on now a little bit? Mm-hmm. Because uh, we do have some other things on this program. Terry Hart, as I quickly mentioned off the top, is returning. A friend of the show for years television personality and a, an interviewer of some of the biggest stars in the world. She'll be here. Some other folks as well. Dan Duran, as usual. And as always, this program is brought to you by some very nice people. I'm, of course, speaking of our friends at GoDaddy, uh, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years. You know, they do that. Servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, simple, and everything else they need to get their business online. There's no better time than now, right now, do it, to get your ideas online with GoDaddy. You can find your domain, easily create your website, and finally bring it to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free, for free, Freddy. With GoDaddy, no credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. You know, Doer has the world's most comfortable pants for men and women. Natural materials in combination with technical achieves breathability, comfort, and strength for every day wear. No longer do you have to sacrifice performance when you want to dress up or style when you're on the move. Dewar is proudly Canadian and prides itself on having a collection of natural fiber-rich fabrics, meaning the majority of fibers originate from plants, eucalyptus trees, wood chips, and recycled alternatives to oil. How about that? Use code HUMBLEANDFRED15 for 15% off your next order. Uh, Dewar... Uh, speaking of Doer, somebody was re- responded to a tweet that I sent out this weekend. I'm just trying to find the tweet. Oh, yeah, I said, um, anytime I see a couple dressed the same, this is something we should talk about. Anytime I see a, dr- a couple dressed the same, I think only one of them really wanted to do it. Like, I here's the thing. If you see a man and a woman dressed the same, and I'm not talking about leaf jerseys, that's a whole other thing. But you know, the odd time you'll see a man and a woman in matching outfits, and I would say a thousand percent guarantee it was not his idea. Oh, without a doubt. And so somebody responded to that saying, well, what about you and Freddie wearing some doers? And I'm like, okay, that's an ex- <laughs> that's, that would be an exception. If we if we were dressing up for a photo shoot or something, they wanted us to wear the same thing, but that's different. Yeah, but we have a selection of them too. If yes, we do. If you wore your blue jeans, I'd wear my blacks. You know what I mean? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on that point, the guy and the girl. Um, an observation: Did you watch Afterlife? I did. I've seen it all. Yeah. Yeah, I watched all, and it was funny. I come again, brilliant. It really is, but. The way he and his wife... What was her name? I forget. His yeah, wife's me too. Died. Yeah. Anyway. The way they carried on together all... I know. It, it was almost like... I, I wouldn't even really want to be around them. Like, <laughs> laughing and joking all the time and filming each other and, you know, being exasperated with something you've just done. I thought... That's a that's a wonderful love story, and he misses her, but I'm not sure I would have wanted to spend a lot of time around them. 
No, I, I, but huh? okay. Well, those, but that's not all the time around them. They were just that was little films, they little moments. I, I know, but some of the stuff they did, it'd be like, oh, that would well, be cheesy. You know. If anyway, just an op- <laughs> Am I not entitled to an yes, observation? You are. I'm not, but I don't have to. Uh, I don't. I don't agree with it, and uh, nor mm-hmm. do I uh, endorse that. Haven't you ever been around couples where they carry on? It's like, oh Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, but anyway, but back to the back to the couples wearing the matching outfits. Uh, Like that uh, is, you know, that just goes to show you the power, and I mean this, the power that women have over men. It's true. I know. I know we're all supposed to be equal, and then partners and non-binary, and everyone's the same. But then we're not, because when I see a man in a matching sweater, there, him and his lady friend wear the exact same thing. You know that discussion was like he, he sort of finally went, okay, I'll do it because he's hoping that maybe it will lead by him doing what she wants. It will lead to something. That's what it is. That's my theory. Well, I mean, that's an example of a pussy whipped a guy, I guess. But I mean, beyond that, what kind of a woman asked her man to do that? You know? Well, is he pussy whipped or is the pussy in that particular case, magic, because she's saying, if you'll do this for me, maybe some magic will happen. Yeah, but who does that? No, I know. If Rachel came to <clears throat> say, okay, we're going out to this place tonight, let's wear the same outfit, that would be a non-starter. No. Number, but number one, she would never say that. No, she would not. So what type of a woman actually presents that to her man? I don't know. The t- I don't know. Yeah. But you know, what, well, does it, but see, I accepted what, where, where I will put an exception in, even though I think mm-hmm. it's dopey. Mm. Uh, I, I will accept men and women or any other partner combination. If you're going to your sports team's game and you want to dress. But as I said to my buddy yesterday, because I was trying this bit out on him first, I said, the thing is, I've never, and it's just me. The, the only times I've ever worn a sports team's jersey is it's a team I was playing on. You know, that's the only, jer- you know, whether it's a golf team, we're all wearing the same, you know, shirts or it's a hockey team. We're all wearing the same uniforms. I know you're different because you're a hockey guy. Scarborough and you wore the well, G. I've done it many times. Yeah, well, I've, I've been to Montreal many times and Delise and I both, both wore Leaf uh, jerseys. Yeah, well, uh, whenever we go to um you know, we traveled to see the Jays a couple of years ago. We went to Baltimore. We wore our our Jays shirts together to the game, but yeah. not not necessarily exactly the same sort of cool blue Jay t shirt. So yeah, I'm guilty on that level. But I accept that because there's something about supporting your team as a fan. Go ahead and do it again. It's not for me. I think it's dopey, but that's just me. You know, back to uh, Afterlife though. I really enjoyed it. You know, yeah. Rachel, the first episode. You know. You know, she mentioned that she didn't think it had kind of she as she pointed out, like maybe it's time for the character to move on. But I said, well, listen, it's a six episode arc. It's a it's almost like a movie. You got to, you know, reestablish how sad he was. And anyway, I thought it wrapped up nicely. I, you know, he's really a he's a smart guy. And, and you know, we know I know from my I follow him as a comic. He's very anti-religious. He's a you know, much like us, he, he sees religious religion in, in very similar to our philosophy here on the show, which is it's all dumb. But um, I thought there was a nice moment there where he talked about 
you know, there are no angels in heaven. The angels are on earth. If there, he said, I don't believe that there's that we have souls. But if there is anyone with souls, it's dogs. You know, like he's a big dog guy. Um, but there were a few moments in episode six there. I thought that he handled his views on religion. Oh yeah, in, in an interesting way, especially when mm-hmm. the kid asked him if there was a heaven, he hesitated for a second. And he says, yes, because of the circumstance, you know, the circumstance and that point when he says, you know, he downplayed heaven and afterlife to his wife. <laughs> How do I watch three seasons and don't even know her? Was it Lisa? No, I don't remember. Lisa. Anyway. I don't listen. I Jesus. just watched it yet two days ago. I don't remember. Oh, my God. Isn't that ridiculous? But in retrospect, saying, you know, sometimes he wishes he hadn't downplayed it so much just in case. But yeah, um, uh, yeah. Which I thought, by the way, when, yeah. In case it, because he wanted to, he'd hope that she'd have hope uh, right. around it. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I'm all excited Friday when it drops on Netflix there, and uh, Delise, uh, you know, bought into my excitement. But she hadn't watched it. She had tried to watch it once before and after a couple just sort of let go. But over the weekend, she got caught up right up and uh her observation and it's true she just said it's just sad it's sad it's continuously sad it never really it never really pops you know mm-hmm. and even at the end you know i expected something different at yeah, the end yeah everyone does or you, you're, you're sort relation- of la- yeah relationship but it and it sort of just ends sad but i was actually we can talk more maybe uh, terry hart who's coming up here shortly uh we could talk more about it, but I'll tell you, I, I'm actually happy that it didn't end that sort of wrapped it up neatly in a bow. And, mm-hmm. and I thought the sort of the philosophy of, is that we're all here. This is our time. And but mm-hmm. we all, you know, everyone eventually goes and eventually mm-hmm. the dog will go and eventually he goes and, you know, and that's so, it. One other takeaway. All that whiny drinks. Obviously, yeah. he's not on Noom. He would see how <laughs> punishing, yeah. how punishing it's red funny. wine is if you're on Noom. I mean, man, you might as well drink a glass of sugar for crying out loud. It's funny you mention that because I, I was on some thread this weekend reading about afterlife. And that's one of the things that came up was, what are they? what is he using? And someone was asking him, what do you use for wine in all those scenes? Because he's finishes every evening drinking a couple bottles of wine and by the way that's where i was at toward the end of my drinking there were very few days that i didn't crack into the second bottle of wine and if it was an occasion dan came over i was doing something with uh you know a lady friend or not i um I would drink a lot. And that wine is why I gained so much weight. When I quit drinking, I weighed 216 pounds. And six months later, I was down to like 186. And I'm back around 188, 189. In, uh, in two weeks of the Noom experience, I've lost uh, three pounds, three and a half pounds. Nice. Yeah, you know, and it's a good steady. I could have, we could, I could have tried to lose more. What is the goal weight in terms of your weekly weight loss you put in? Uh, about a pound, pound, pound and a half. That's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. I'm a little ahead of that, but it's that's out of the gate. Yeah, of so, course. Then it, it will plateau. But that uh, wine, as you mentioned, that's a lot of... There's about a thousand calories or so, depending on, you know, red or white. But there's a, you know, a bottle of wine is, like you say, it's like drinking just a, a pound of sugar every night. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, again, another benefit of having a non-drinking wife. Um, you know, if Delise had a glass of white every night, I would have a glass of red. You bet your ass I would. Yeah, of course. But 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 the fact that that's not part of our sort of like daily or family culture, I just don't. The only time I really drink wine is socially. But I listen, I could get sucked into that easily because it's quite nice to have a, a meal with a nice glass of wine alongside. No doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I have, I couldn't really relate to it because, you know, having one glass of wine always just seemed, well, not always, but my last 10 or 15 years always, you know, seemed silly to me. Why would you only have one glass? It's so good. Why not have the whole bottle? <laughs> that applies to anything. Oh, no, I know. But a, I, that applies to a, <laughs> that applies to a bowl of bits and bites. No, <laughs> which, you, which are good. Uh, you know, it does. You know, we had uh, pizza, you know, because on the Noom thing you can have a you can have whatever you want really if you allow for it in the day and we had you know i had a couple of slices of pizza and some caesar salad this is you know our big takeout meal on the weekend and i could have if i kept going eaten the rest of the pizza but i didn't and it's interesting how you can trick yourself psychologically you know you have your glass of water and then you know, I got to my second piece, and I'm like, okay, you know, a few weeks ago, I would have said to Rachel, I'm just going to keep, you know, I'm going to have the other one. Whereas, you know, she's very good. She'll have her pieces, and then she's done, then she puts it away. But uh, that's part of the, you know, sort of reconfiguring how you see food, seeing right. it as fuel as opposed to it's just this, you know, fun thing you have to do at every meal. Yes, it's very, very interesting. Uh, by the way, did you know today is significant? Oh, maybe for... For three reasons. Okay. It's Blue Monday. Oh, yeah. Third, third Monday in January. This is the saddest day of the year, apparently. Um, I don't know. I feel pretty good. You know, it's all about hope. Uh, you want to talk about hope. It's just when you have you have it in your head that you might go away. It help. It helps. It helps lift your spirits in January. Would you not agree? I do. Uh, yeah, I'm completely. I sent Rachel a note this morning. I said, "Listen, I know it's crappy outside now, mm-hmm. but in uh, three weeks and a bit, we're going to be walking around in shorts." It's also Martin Luther King Day, which yes. always makes me chuckle a bit because just given the atmosphere down there and the whole Donald Trump thing and how that whole movement is built on racism, which it oh, yeah. is. Yeah, I've got that just, video. Then when, you, when, I, when, when we get to it, I've got the video where he says that, you know, the white people have no, aren't getting the vaccine. Yeah, so I, I just find that very ironic because I imagine how many millions of people in the United States right now today are, are going to enjoy their day off, but they're sort of irked by what it's about. Yeah. That's two. That's two. And then it's, it's also in... in uh, Toronto Humane Society today. It's Betty White Day because she would have been a hundred today, and they want and they want people to make donations to adopt to- Betty White. <laughs> yeah, her corpse. Uh, no, to any anim- animal shelters. It, they they jumped on this to use this as an excuse. Hey, donate to an animal shelter today in support or memory of uh, Betty White, who would have been a hundred today. So, That's very nice. Yeah. I thought I'd mention that because we all love our animals. I saw Stan yesterday, sweet boy. Yeah, Stan, I was telling Freddie, you know, Fred had to come and pick up something here. And, you know, I I have three friends that have had, you know, sort of 
consistently been in Stan's life, best friend Dave, my buddy Paul, who I talked about with the bladder cancer. And, and Stan sometimes stays at Paul's. He has a farm north of where Fred lives. But I said then, and Freddie, of course, Stan's known Fred since, you know, he was a, a little puppy. And, and all, Stan gets excited for all three of you. But there, I'm, and I'm not just saying this, Stan, there's a, something about Fred the stand just loves him. Like he'll jump on Dave, visit, 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 then go on, go on. But yesterday, like he not only jumped on Fred, and, and he's like so excited, but then he just won't leave you alone, which is mm-hmm. very unusual for Stan. Like you were throwing the ball for him, yes, but you know Stan gets excited for some of his favorites, but uh, he has a special uh, affection for you. Well, I'm very flattered by that. He's such a sweet boy. Yeah, he's a good boy. It's just, the whole time I'm around Stan, I almost feel a bit sorry for him. Like, <laughs> you know, I do. I know. Because he's has so that fren- look on his face. Yeah. He's so sort of frenetic, and he's... But he is and like, he isn't. You know, like, you, he's, I know what you mean. He has this sort of thing. But, you know, I, I, because I spend 24 hours a day with him, I just see him in his, when he's sort of chill and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like he's um, he's always like on the verge of <laughs> expecting something to go wrong or something. I don't. <laughs> well, part of that is you know, like uh-huh. he's I don't know. Part of just the, the looks on his face. Like after you was it before you? Yeah, after you left, uh-huh. I took him to uh, I took Rachel home, and there's a dog park. We took him to. He had a great time, and he's playing with all his buddies there. But even there, you know, he just has this yeah. look of anguish sometimes. Yeah, it's like. Like, what are you afraid of, buddy? <laughs> I know. Yesterday, I was, I was going uh, to read him that Mark Twain quote, you know? I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which have never come true. No, I know. <laughs> you know, it's, like, I feel like saying that to him. Because it's, like, even yesterday, like, he's playing and everything, but as soon as he stops, it's sort of he's got this sort <laughs> well, of presence of yeah, I think that's, sort of looking around. Yeah, but part and, of that is also the way his face looks, which... and and. If you've ever seen another Boston Terrier, you know that Stan is the most beautiful one. By the way, I put, oh, a, yeah. I put a picture of Stan watching Afterlife. I should send this oh. to you. It's the cutest thing because we're watching it, and he's sitting up at the end of the couch when the dog scenes come on. And then at one yeah. point, he rushes the television barking at the dog. But this, this, this picture that I took is him with his ears up, like literally sitting there. And it looks mm-hmm. like he's because he sees the sees the dog in the screen. I've never had a dog do that. Mm-hmm. That he, that he somehow can. I guess you know he sees that it's an animal. But um, I, ever since Dan, uh, we've been talking about Dan and his vet issues and uh, Clifford, another dog that you love. But for some reason, the last few weeks or the week, whenever since Dan said that Cliffy was not feeling well, I've sort of you know started contemplating the end of Stan and. You know, I'm just trying to enjoy every moment with him, you know, and because because sometimes you, with a dog, you know, we both have had dogs our whole life. You take it for granted, you know, until you start thinking, well, these won't there won't be too many more years left. Not to be morbid, but it's true. And it makes me sad. But I've also decided that what I'll do is, in you know, enjoy these moments with him. You know, I couldn't go outside a few days because of the cold. And so I, you know, I played a lot with him in the house. I did some training with him for his treats instead of just giving them to him. You know, like you sort of, you know, you've, you've, you've been, the, you've done this where you sort of just get into a routine with the dog. They just are just there versus when you really play with them. Right. Now I get it. The bittersweet thing about dogs is yes, their lives are short and they break our hearts, but we can also 
offer them uh, euthanasia where you know sometimes you wish you could do that for adults and your sweet beloved dog when you know if they're on the brink you can actually ease their passing yeah ease their passing you know get them out of any misery they might be in uh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. How about those people that buy uh, dogs like Great Danes that have a like a, a lifespan of eight to nine yeah, years, it's, even less sometimes, seven years? I don't know. Like that's crazy. Like you know, a quick seven years goes by. My goodness. Well, Dave's sister. Be, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say you got to to set yourself up for that. Yikes! It'd be too much, Dave. Mm-hmm. The Dave that I'm referring to, best friend Dave, who also was known stance since he was a, a newborn his sister i'm not sure if she still does it but she was raising great danes and um they're the sweetest the kindest loving animals but they're just you know here and gone in seven or eight years i couldn't do it no either could i um, i don't know I, I don't know if i could ever do it uh, on any level again honestly and it gets to the point now when you're when you're in your sixty sixth year and you buy like a lab, you know there's a chance that dog could outlive you. You got to start thinking about that at some point. Yeah, I know chances are that they won't. You know, if I live to my mid eighties, like most Canadian men, but at well, some point you got to think like if if this dog outlives me, you know where does it go? What does it do? Take him with you. That's what I'm doing with Stan. Um, our buddy Bill, who's in his mid to late seventies, he's had a couple. He's had a new dog in his mm-hmm. sort of later years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what can keep. Uh, you know, I mean, wait, you know what they need for dogs? They they need a a, a watch like Health Gauge that would keep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. How's that for a segue? Health Gauge, everybody. As you know, it is the official watch of the uh, Humble and Fred show. Healthgauge.com is where you go and find out more. Uh, we couldn't recommend it enough. I, I, this is a coincidence. only like the second time in six months I've had the watch off my wrist. I had to charge it this morning. You sync it with your phone, and that way you can share information and see it. Uh, and share, I was going to say, share information with your healthcare professionals. See it on your phone, whether it's your heart rate or calories consumed or steps. I really been trying to get my steps up the last couple of weeks as well. You know, I, I ten thousand is a lot when it's cold. You know, I did five thousand yesterday, but ten thousand is a lot. Do you do ten thousand? No, it's tough. No. Uh, but you can keep track of it all. Uh, healthgauge.com the, the promo code is HumbleFredHG As we have uh, discovered Sometimes I forget that But I want you to do it and, and many Humble and Fred people Have got the Health Gauge Phoenix You can get yours now At healthgauge.com Promo code is HumbleFredHG The thing about steps I mean you just gotta be a realistic For me to do 10,000 a Just simply is unrealistic For yeah. my lifestyle Now 5,000? That's doable Hey, uh, when Terry Hart comes along, that's Terry Hart from Super Terry Channel. Hart. She will be the Gig Sky guest of the day. Uh, Gig Sky just launched their Travels Reward Program. Go to Gig Sky, the app, or sign into your account at gigsky.com uh, to check out the program. 
Download the Geek Sky app for Android and iOS and get affordable data coverage in over 190 countries worldwide. It's the easiest and most affordable uh, way to stay connected internationally. Whether you're pulling up directions, well, any of that stuff, restaurants, it's really cool. All Geek Sky plans, data plans prepaid with no contracts or recurring fees. You get what you pay for and your service is never throttled. And you want five bucks off your first plan? Go to uh, geeksky.com and... uh, Use the code HF2021. Geeksguy.com. Do you, uh, I don't, should we do some, well, actually, you know, we don't have time for emails before Terry. I did, I want to mention, because what are you, are you Rogers or are you Bell 5? I can't remember. Rogers Ignite. Because I uh, wanted to watch the golf from Hawaii last night which was great mm-hmm. again it's the second week in a row the tour is in Hawaii and it's just beautiful scenery and I enjoy it and there were, it was a nice you know tight race the last nine was exciting to watch but and there's a couple other things I I noticed anyway I had to watch it on my computer because my five is down because of the weather oh it, and, and it's fun it's weird because I have hmm. the five is the internet it's, it's and for some reason, my receiver. What my I have a four K receiver, and I and I called Bell, and, and the first thing once you get through all the menu prompts, is that they say we are experiencing trouble with our Bell Five. I called him again this morning. Oh. This guy got the same message. Hmm. But your internet was fine. My internet was fine. I know. So That's it's my fine. something about the receiver. Hmm. Just a quick note, because Terry's standing by. So I'm watching this golf. And it's interesting, you know, we can talk about Americans, how they're, they seem to be defiant in their, you know, we don't want to wear a mask anymore, of course, although some states still require it. The state I'm going to, California, has a mask mandate, just like we do here, indoor dining, got to have it in indoor stores. But uh, so I'm watching the broadcast and it's interesting. They pan the crowd. Now, Hawaii has a lot of Japanese people a lot of japanese visitors people from all over the pacific there the pacific uh corridor and the only people wearing masks in the crowd they every time they pan the crowd are all the non-white people wearing masks not i couldn't i once i realized this i kept thinking could i see one white person wearing a mask nope nope there'd be five or six um you know non-whites i don't know i can't identify exactly where they're from but a lot of japanese people are there watching hideki matsuyama who is japanese they're all wearing masks hmm what about hawaiian people well again i don't know i couldn't distinguish whether those were native hawaiian people but a lot of non-whites were wearing masks is Mm -hmm. my point I what just are you saying? The, they all look alike. Is that what you're saying? No, sir. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. I just dare you. I just want to make sure. How dare you? <laughs> hey, by the way, Novak Djokovic was deported. Yes, yes. But, but he left with some class. He actually did. He wished everyone well and said he was disappointed. But, uh, you know, he didn't go out swearing at people. Yeah, we'll get to uh, that later. There's also some interesting reaction about... Uh, you know, Djokovic from uh, all around the uh, world of sports. But let's let's just pause all this nonsense. Let's talk. We, we You know, whatever we were talking about before, just, you know, you may have fast-forwarded to this part. It's Terry Hart's here. Look at her. 
beautiful Hi, Terry Hart. You know, Terry Hart's one of those people who's so nice. She's beautiful on the inside and on the outside. Mm-hmm. How you like that, Terry? I'll take it. I'll take it on a snowmageddon Monday morning in Toronto. Terry, I can't remember. Do you have little children's? I have no little children. I have a little granddaughter. Do you um, really? I do. My husband's uh, quite a bit older than I am, so we've got one of those modern family situations. Nice. Oh, cool. Yep, and um, so my granddaughter, I mean, my step-granddaughter, she doesn't call me grandma or anything. Like, let's be clear, that would have been a bit much. Um, and she's all filled up in the grandparent department. She's got four wonderful ones, so I'm, I'm just, I'm extra. Well, so uh, she just calls me Terry, and it's perfect. And Aww. she's going to be five February 3rd, so she's been doing the um the online the remote, remote learning, learning yeah, yeah. For, for junior kindergarten which is um i mean she gets to wear her elsa costume every day so there's there's <laughs> nice. that well so you do know, we you gotta look at the bright side and well and and freddie's uh, got grandkids and of course today was the day that kids were supposed to i, I only brought it up terry because i thought okay okay everyone's going back to school except now no one's going anywhere but you know what bugs me about today is everybody was like, okay, if there's a snow day. And now, because we've got remote learning, they're like, we're transitioning to remote learning. No! The, give the kids a snow day. Give the... But you know what? Let's close it down. Shut it down. It has Great been point. A, it has been a tough first two weeks of 2022 for mm-hmm. anybody who mm-hmm. has anybody in their family that is in school. It mm-hmm. has been a tough two weeks. I don't know how parents are doing it. I don't mm-hmm. know how teachers are doing it. That's a good point. So you know what? Mother Nature has spoken let's hear her loud and clear get out the toboggans get out the crazy carpet super sliders super sliders let's get some hot chocolate going and uh let let's start this week tomorrow you know i i I was always uh i remember seeing the commercials for super slider snow skates i never had we didn't have that kind of money in moose jaw but i was always jealous of the people that were you know running around in the snow skates terry's here uh entertainment producer at super channel uh, for a long time. Yeah. And, um, you know, someone that watches a lot of movies has watched a lot of movies. And here is this. Before we get into the movies you think we should watch and the movies that we might be looking forward to watching. I think last time we kind of talked about the changing nature of the business that you've you've been in. We've been in. But it's also changed the nature of entertainment. I mean, sorry, of movie promotion. It ain't like it used to be. It's not the... So talk to us a little bit, if you can, about how that's all different, how those junkets are changed and how everything is now on this, on Zoom. Well, dovetails, there's two kind of answers to that question, I think, Howard. Um, I'm not even sure I asked a question, but please just say, pick pick up this thread. (laughs) The business aspect of the question is that the promotion of movies used to 110% rely on opening weekend. That's all anybody cared about. Now that more and more movies are being like directly to streaming services, whether it be your Netflix, your Amazon, your Apple, your Disney, your Disney. Peacock, Plus. yeah. My God, I can't. I can't even remember them all. I don't know how uh, people who aren't paid to do it are remembering it all. Um, maybe I shouldn't be paid to do it. Maybe that's. But you know, so people no longer. It's not just about opening weekend of a movie. It's about these streaming services having robust content and just filling that. N- 
endless void of content, not that there's a void of content, there's a plethora of it, but that seemingly endless um, hunger Mm -hmm. for more and more and more and just always being out there with, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this. And then the next thing you know, you haven't left your couch all weekend because you streamed the second season of Cheer. You watch Shang-Chi on Disney Plus while you're waiting for Red to come. And after life, you got through four out of the six episodes talking for a friend not me. yeah yeah we we why we watched yeah. i watched all six episodes of afterlife this weekend oh uh, man you yeah. know what i did yesterday i watched the first four and i said to my husband i said to billy i was like you know what i gotta stop you know why because yeah. i want i don't want it to be over i mm. want i want to hold on to these last two and i mean it's such a special show ricky gervais is has kind of captured some kind of weird dark um he walks a line man that there are there are characters in that show that really walk a line there's times i'm not sure i want to be watching it but it lasts for just the right amount of time <laughs> yeah that kind of the by same the way, way that they, Bri- we didn't talk about this freddie but that brian character is my favorite on the show although i'd be honest with you there's times i had to ask i didn't know what he was saying mm. well same here I, yeah I, I, uh, you I, know what i had to go back and listen to it again i was like what did he say yeah. Don't be afraid of, um, I'm not ashamed of this, and I'm not afraid of watching with uh, closed captioning. No, exactly. It's a fair thing to do with really thick accents. For sure. Um, I, it's especially, I think, for us older folk. Um, I think it comes into, I, I'm, you're looking at me, but no, the kids are not. used Let's, to. Yeah, but Terry, look at old Howard and Fred here. We're 120 years old. You know, I, I want to jump in and ask, because of all that you said, just get back, circle back to the importance of opening weekends for movies because the competition used to be other movies. And I think what you pointed out is interesting that it's no longer just other movies. It's everything else that you, we all have access to, whether it's spoken content or visual. You know, a, a move, I don't know what a movie would have to do to make a big splash nowadays. And the second part of that is... If they're not relying on opening weekend revenue for a Marvel or a big, you know, like a hundred million dollar weekend, what are they? Where's the money coming from? There's still a lot of money. I mean, you look at what Spider-Man did for, um, you know, five weeks and and deservedly so. If you haven't seen uh, Spider-Man No Way Spider-Man No Way Saw Home, it. Um, it's spectacularly great. I'm in the camp of it should be nominated at least for screenplay. Uh, I'd like it to be nominated for picture because I think that what they did with that script and the execution of it was genius. No spoilers here, folks, but Spider-Man No Way Home is truly thrilling to watch. I mean, it, it, it's you you sit up in your seat with the excitement watching that movie, or, or I certainly did. Um, and then this weekend, you know, it was uh, upset, if you can say it, that by the reboot of the Scream franchise, Scream 5. Um, and that speaks to a certain nostalgia that we're we're seeing in, uh, you know, entertainment across the board, you know, kids, uh, Gen Z, millennials finding things on Netflix and going down a certain rabbit hole and then finding its contemporary today. Um, you know, we have the first four screen movies on Super Channel right now, and people are binging those before going to see the new Scream 5, just like people are binging all of the MCU movies from beginning. Freddie, I don't know if you've done that with your grandkids. I don't know how old your grandkids are, but it's a pretty fun, you know, couple month long process 
project to do as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I'm, you know, we talk about entertainment oftentimes as like, oh, entertainment, entertainment. But it really matters. I mean, it, it's a it's a pop culture reference. These movies are dealing with political issues. Sure. These do, you know, they, they matter. So what's going on right now? I mean, when you talk about opening weekends for a guy that doesn't frequent the movie theater that much, um, are they open here? Like, are they 50 percent capacity or what's going on in the states? I mean, they're they're operating free for all the states are like, come and breathe on me and share your popcorn with me. Like, that's what's happening. They will actually in the states. They'll lick your eyeball as you come into the theater. And, And with. Obviously, with the technology as it is nowadays, you you can't help but think maybe there will be a day when the movie theater, per se, will not exist. But I think from a social aspect, it will always hang on, don't you? Like, I, 100%. Reading, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't think that the theater is in any risk of extinction. I think they are in a risk of being an endangered species. Mm-hmm. I think that we do have to protect our movie theaters uh, to a certain extent for those of us who love movies. And most importantly mm-hmm. for me, I mean, yeah, I love Spider-Man. I love the, the Spider-Man, although is in the MCU, it's released by a different studio than Disney. Uh, long, long, whole, old IP rights issue. Um, but I love those superhero. I love all movies, but I love the big superhero action tentpole movies. But I also love smaller movies like The Lost Daughter and like Licorice Pizza. Well, hold that, hold like, that thought because I was going to say I saw Licorice Pizza. I think it's a girl. I thought I loved it. Love that movie. My favorite movie. movie of the year, Howard. I'm yeah. going to tell you, one, it was one of my favorite movies. But I just want to make the distinction that I saw. Spider-Man in the theater because I like that Spider-Man in the theater experience. A mo- I was going to bring this up. A movie like Licorice Pizza, you don't need to see that in a movie theater. To, Disagree. To, well, no, I'm, I mean it. To, to Fred's point about... Subjective. So, so, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the theater experience isn't going to go away. For me, the theater experience is now kind of reserved because I go to more movies than Fred because I, I live right oh, yeah. near a movie theater. But it, I often, when I think of theater experiences, I think of Dune and Spider-Man and, and uh, 007 movies. Licorice Pizza, I could have watched as a, as a Netflix movie. You know what I mean? Like at home, take, you know what I mean? It, it's, it well, was that I, type of story. I, my top 10 of the year of 2021, um, eight out of the 10 of them I saw in the movie theater. Okay. And I and I think that that is I mean I'm glad you love Licorice Pizza and you saw it at home. I don't want no, to No, no, I saw it in the movie. No, no, I saw No, I'm just saying that's the type of movie you I didn't. But, but you, I, my point is I, you could see that movie at home. I mean, you could. You can see any movie at home. My point is that I think the theater experience um, elevates any ex- movie experience and licorice pizza is one of those that paul thomas anderson is a filmmaker you know it, like coda is a movie that does not need to be seen in the theater coda is totally fine watching on amazon prime same as the you know the george Clooney ben affleck movie the tender bar i love that movie yeah it's very sweet i There's loved a lot of people- it there's a lot of people who think it's just retreading um, an old path. And we've seen this character and we've seen, you know, you know, the, the thing is, oh, so, you know, this kid had kind of an average bad life and then turned into an average writer. And now we're celebrating him. How typical. Um, but that's the real cynical point about the tender bar. Go I ahead, think that Freddy. Ben's never been better. Yeah. Um, 
And, so, and yeah, I like the tender bar. Well, you guys are movie buffs. Now, and you're throwing out the names of these movies. Where are you seeing them? Can I see those movies online, or do I have to go to the movies to see them? And well, the thing okay, about so tender bars on ahead. Amazon. Oh, okay. Tender bars on Amazon. Coda is on Apple Plus. Okay. Um, so you can see these movies. I mean, you know, one of the things that. You know, last year, there was all this conversation about it was a terrible year and blah, 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 not 2021, 2020. It was a terrible year. And I and I was so confused by that because I'm like, movies have never been more accessible. You can access more movies than you've ever been able to do in your life less expensively mm-hmm. because, you know, these I mean, yeah, add them all up and it becomes significant. But you know, your Amazon Prime subscription, and then it gets you free Amazon delivery. Like, who doesn't have a no, Prime subscription? No, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, so, there's all kind the point. The point is people have, you need people with all due humility, like me, to kind of hold your hand and say, try this, and here's why you should try it. Or even to just frame up what these movies are so that you've got it in your gray matter right. somewhere. So if you're in the mood for something, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember Terry said that thing about Coda that I'd cry. Yeah, I'm kind of in the mood for an emotional experience. I'm going to try Coda. Uh-huh. You know, it is important that we're talking about things because people are overwhelmed. Right. Well, it, it, I'm glad to hear that those movies you refer to are available. I have those services because going to the movies, you know, a lot of it depends on how much you hate people. In a lot of situations, I would prefer 65 inches over 65 feet. And I'm serious about that because I'm not a big fan of going to movies. So Tell uh, me why, Freddie. Huh? He hates people. Pardon? Because he said he hates people. (laughs) Yeah, people crunching beside you or talking or just, you know... Uh, I just, but I prefer. I prefer to be at home. I I prefer to be at home watching a good movie. Like you mentioned, uh, movies or on uh, television. I Belfast. I saw. There's a movie that you wouldn't have to go to the. You wouldn't have to go to the theater to watch. No, but I saw it twice on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Um, No, but Terry, let me just jump in. If you love the big screen experience, and that's why I was trying to make the distinction that there's a big Mm -hmm. screen experience movie, in my opinion, which are those movies I mentioned, the tender bar which is I, I really liked it I like George Clooney as a director I like Ben Affleck I like Ben Affleck and I love the story mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but that movie again I don't it's like licorice pizza for me the the licorice pizza is different for me I agree on but, tender bar but you know we're splitting but hairs. Yeah, I'm the same but I like going to the movies I've always enjoyed it and I'm it's really convenient for me because I live mm-hmm. a block away That's from a it. cineplex yeah. so if I want to go on a Tuesday afternoon by myself which I do regularly it's mm-hmm. it's a different. I love that experience with the lights go down. But to your point, Terry, there's so many different streaming services. The choices have never been as diverse, and and so many of them. There are a lot of those movies now that I would, as a movie lover, would have gone to the theaters that I'm happy to watch in my home. Yep, me too. I am not, you know, I think that we're in a world that we need to coexist. And I think that exhibitors, the movie theater chains, um, and I'll speak about the chains, not the independent people who own one theater and are scraping by. That's a that's a different challenge. But, you know, the movie theater exhibitors, they they were big footing for a long time. Right. Like they (laughs) they had, you know, they were the big cheeses for a long time. And the pandemic 
this was on the horizon. Technology is what drives change across the board. And technology was going to drive this change. Pandemic just sped it up like a freight train, you know, like like the Concorde. Mm-hmm. Do people still reference the Concorde? Sure, uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're at, again, we, I told you we're 120 years old. We know what you mean. Um, so so here we are in this place where we've got all these streaming services and we still have so many fantastic movies that are opening theatrically. And I mm-hmm. think that that is going to be the way of of the future. And, you know, I think. I think conventional television is what's going to be challenged yeah, by this going forward. And I just don't think we're going to have as many theaters. I don't think we're going to have as right. many multiplexes. Well, like and, libraries, right? Or mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah. So so things change. Mm-hmm. We've evolved. And um, it was just fast. And I think that that whiplash... Uh, or I guess not whiplash because we didn't really go back, did we? We're only going in one direction. But that, you know, freight train that I referenced was a lot for people to adjust to. And we're we're collecting the information about our entertainment differently. Yeah, we're, absolutely. It used to just be, here's your four movies opening this Friday at the movie theater. Go and see them. Now it's like, oh, really? Afterlife's already dropped on Netflix? Well, I got to see that. Wait, is it a movie or is it a series? Is it a miniseries or is it part one, That's part two? problem yeah. I, I i can't keep up with what well, these things and, are and, and where they are and one yeah. of the things when i saw afterlife okay i would say six uh 25 ish minute episodes that's kind of like an extra long movie can i watch this all in one night and how would i feel about myself uh before mm-hmm. listen we're gonna have to wrap up in a couple minutes so i want to get a couple of things for people uh let's do, we'll call, music now I'm, I'm putting a little hooray for hollywood for you here little sexy uh doris Little Doris Day, baby. Speaking of being 102, I know. It's funny. I I, I searched "Hooray for Hollywood," and this is the first thing that came up was Doris Day. But I like this. I I remember the Doris Day show. Of course you do. Um, Remember Doris Day was a movie star. Uh, Terry, in our speed round, let's try and see if we can wrap this up in four or five minutes. Which is uh, because I want we've referenced the movies, so movies. You should watch this season and maybe a couple that we'll be looking forward to in 2022. Um, okay. The award season uh, movies. Award season. And we've mentioned I a was, couple. Licorice Pizza, uh, Power of the Dog, which will not be for everybody, but will be nominated for Freddie's Got Pen and Paper Out, and I love it. Licorice Pizza. Freddie, you'll love it. It's a 1970s story of two kids maybe coming together, maybe not, and the soundtrack is bananas. Yeah, I, I, I was going to tell you, Fred, I, we saw that. Rachel and I went and saw it at uh, TIFF, I think. Um, no, it wasn't in TIFF. Where was it? Where did I, was it just at a regular theater? I think it was, my friend. Anyway, uh, you'll love it. So, But just let's uh, go through these movies. So and we it's can got get Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid, son in it. Who's Cooper unbelievable. Hoffman. But let's go through them uh, so we can get everyone to write them down as you as you go. Here we go. All right. Pens and papers out or recorders on. Uh, Licorice Pizza, which was my favorite of the year. Power of the Dog, uh, directed by Jane Campion, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Jesse Plemons, and Kirsten Dunst. It's on Netflix. It's a- 
Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's a slow, slow burn, but I think really worth it. I've seen it twice and it really does pay off. West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's musical. Of course, we all know West Side Story. It's theatrical only at this point. It should be on Disney Plus relatively soon, but I don't have a date for you on that. Again, we're talking about what we anticipate for the Academy Awards. Right. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom. It's on Netflix. It is a musical starring Andrew Garfield in a tour de force performance uh, playing Larson. I'm forgetting his name right now. The guy that uh, wrote Rent. Yeah, he wrote Rent and then he tragically died just as Rent was becoming a phenomenon on Broadway. The Lost Daughter, it is also on Netflix. It's Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. Olivia Colman star. She will be nominated and probably win the Academy Award. It's a tough, tough movie. Not for everybody. Plays a lot different for women than men. But uh, inc- I loved it. Again, it kind of goes licorice pizza and then The Lost Daughter for me in terms of my one, two. Number three, I've got a real big fight for. Um Spencer seems to have fallen off everybody's radar for whatever reason. A lot of people hated it. Belfast. Freddie, you said you saw Belfast. This is a movie that will... Yeah, it's spectacular. It's uh, pretty autobiographical of Kenneth Branagh's life. Mm -hmm. He directed the movie. Jamie Dornan stars in it, along with Catriona Belf, um, the Dame, Judi Dench, and Kieran Hines, who is spectacular as the grandfather. I think they call him Pa. Um, And I'm I'm still, I'm in, I don't know if I'm in the minority or where it falls, but the divisiveness on this movie blew my mind. Uh, But Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. I loved uh, Freddie, it. Freddie, I loved Did it. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah I loved I, it but too. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I loved it in two parts. The first, we we sat down and watched it. After about an hour, I'm like, this is dreary, and I don't, not dreary, but I, just, I wasn't really into it that night. And I came back the next day to finish it. And in the light of day, I really liked that movie. So, Fred, the reason that I think you'll like it is it's satire. Mm-hmm. It's so it's got a real edge to it, and it's outrageous performances by Meryl Streep and Jonah Hill specifically playing mm-hmm. characters that you will recognize. Let me say, um, also incredible performance by Jennifer Lawrence, and I dare to say I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio has ever been better. Um, it's kind of uh, an, it's kind of about climate change. It's kind of about the ridiculousness of the world we live in. I think that you dig it, Freddie. And mm-hmm. um, it's worth t- it's worth seeing because it's driven people like this. Like yeah. One side or the other. Like, I love cool. it or I hate it. Uh, the only I'll thing I would say as a caveat to that movie and a lot of movies uh, nowadays times, Terry, is that it's oh. two hours and 20 minutes. And they're, you know, like when we were younger, Terry, not you because you're still younger, but... When Freddie and I were younger, movies in the... It wasn't until somewhere in the early 70s to... You know, the blockbusters began with Jaws and Star Wars, where movies were over 90 minutes. But Don't Look Up is a 220. A lot of the movies you've mentioned are longer films. Yeah, there's... I would say this, that the the inside kind of scoop on that is... Um, it's the fault of the streamers that yes. because the streamers are working so hard at attracting talent, attracting people like Adam McKay, like Martin Scorsese, they're giving these directors final cut. And that means, you know, Scorsese said if he had his way, he would never release a movie because then he would have to finish the edit. And, you know, if directors shoot all this stuff. They hate cutting it. So um, if they have final cut, these things are going to be long. Yeah. And that's what's kind of driving 
describing it, I think we're going to see a shift again because there's been mm-hmm. so many think pieces and so much frustration around the length of movies. You know, if you got if you're watching two movies and it's a full five hours or more, that much. is an investment of time. Well, no, yeah, I know, but it all depends on the product. Because Friday night, I sat down and watched a three-hour movie called Afterlife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a bang went like that. Did you love Afterlife too, Freddie? I, I loved it. Yes. It might be my favorite of all time as far as streaming show, and I love Downton Abbey, and I oh, no. just just been into Dexter lately and stuff. <laughs> do you want to do you want to fix that once and for all, uh, Terry Hart? Always a pleasure checking with you. Um, I got to come back and talk twenty twenty two because we didn't get to it. Oh yeah, you're right. We just kind of ran out of time. Um, well, yep. yeah, we'll talk. You know what? We'll have you back again, Terry. Thanks, man. Yeah, right. it's just the beginning of 2022. Right. And movie theaters are closing in Ontario anyway, so right. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, well, and, and, you know, we certainly appreciate your time. Uh, producer at the Super Channel, longtime Humble and Fred friend, Terry Hart, all the best to you, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. Happy week, guys. Yes. Okay, see you later. Terry Hart. I love when Terry talks about how, you know, she likes to pretend that she's the same age as us, but she's like 30 years younger than us. Yes. <laughs> Something like that. No, absolutely. Thanks, Terry. Bye, I, was, I like to talk about Terry as though she can't hear me talking about Terry. Um, you know, part of what irks me about movie theaters bye. is just like uh, Leaf Games. It's like, you know, when popcorn's $9 a bag and shit like that. I don't know. I just get off on the wrong foot. Not that I buy it. Or why in a movie theater does a Big Mac meal not include the drink when it does at a McDonald's? I don't understand. I don't know why you're buying Big Macs at movie theaters. No, you know. it's the principle. I know. I look up on the thing, and it doesn't come with the well, drink. You're, you know, listen. See. Huh? You're a man of principle. <laughs> That's what you are. Aren't you? Uh, I, I disagree with her about a few of those picks. You know, like I, I like don't look up. Is an interesting movie. It took me a while to kind of get into it, and I'm, I've actually been more fascinated reading about the reaction to the movie. But uh, I, I don't. I think streaming services have conditioned us, like you said about Afterlife. We watched five of those six episodes, and I just was getting tired. And I thought I wanted to be more alert for the last episode. Are we doing? You know, I start to nod off. I don't know about you, but you know, I get to around quarter to ten. I start to. Mm-hmm. I do. I get up early. You know, I'm still getting up between 5 and 5.30 most days. And so by the time mm-hmm. 10 o'clock comes, you know, I start to, dro- you know, get dozy. Well, Howard, I'm like that, too, um, unless it grabs me. But like after Afterlife, I watch all six Friday night, put on a fire, nice cup of tea. Cup of tea. Watched all, serious, I watched all six episodes and was very alert just because I was just just so into it. No, I get it. Um, listen, we've got some uh, things to take care of. Of course, you've already mentioned that Terry was our gig sky uh, guest of the day. You've talked about Doer. Uh, who else uh, helps you know percolate and keep this thing you know going? Our sweet man, Tim Niblett, who's a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim is your guy. He's your go-to guy. If you're thinking of investing, uh, really, from the ground floor up, he uh, he's going to help you. Because he's going to explain everything properly, let you know exactly where you're going and why you're going there. 
If you have an existing portfolio and you're not quite pleased with it and you want somebody to have a second look, always, you know, a good idea. Uh, Tim will have a look. Uh, No strings attached. No obligations. He'll give you the straight goods. Yeah, you're on the right track. Stick with the guy you're with. Or, you know, you might want to think about changing. He's the Retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblett. Retirement Sherpa. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, last week when Andy uh, Palalis was here from Canna Cabana, Canna Cabana, of course, the lowest prices on cannabis, guaranteed, I, we were having a conversation with him about, you know, uh, different weed strains and such. And I said, Andy, you know, after the show, send me some recommends. You know, kind of like you might recommend a bottle of wine to somebody. And he gave me a couple, and I went into This is a true story. I was in Canna Cabana yesterday after you left the house. Rachel and I went back to the East End, and I said, let me just drop by and pick up something that Andy recommended so that I can talk about it on the show. And what I picked up was something called uh, White Lightning from a company uh, named Highland Grow. And I will tell you, just like, you know... Somebody saying, you know, you'll like. I think you'll like this wine. I, I can't tell you if you're if you're looking for a cannabis recommend. It really was uh, something else. In fact, I went online and I found a, uh, a a site where they actually rate and discuss cannabis strains, like they're talking about different, you know, var- varietals of wine. And what they say is Highland White Highlands White Lightning is a good product. Uh, it has, uh, you know, strong, balanced, high, well-trimmed and grown. And um, the experience, they talk about how it appears, what the flavor is. All of this, and by the way, all of this is available at Canna Cabana. And of course, at Canna Cabana, as I say, they always guarantee the lowest prices. But you'll get a, a real good indication of the THC uh, level because it's marked on everything you buy. And the thing is, online they talked about this strain and the, one of the knocks against it was it was a little bit expensive, but not at Canna Cabana. Uh, unbeatable prices if you're a Canna Cabana Club member, as I am. Uh, I got this uh, weed I bought yesterday at the lowest price that they sell that weed. Go to cannacabana.ca and find out more on your own. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about Afterlife and Brian. Brian's unbelievable, man. You see how he was talking about his wife. Oh, my God. And the problem with the odor. That scene, yeah. And what she said to him. (laughs) If God had wanted my snatch to smell nice, he wouldn't have put Put it it next to my my asshole. asshole, I know. I loved it when he was talking to the little and chubby. He says to her, "The asshole isn't the problem." Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. That's right. When he was talking to the chubby kid, and uh, just the way he looked at him, and he's like talking about how the two guys were doing his wife, and one guy mm-hmm. or whatever. The one guy looked back at Brian and was talking about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Ricky's having fun when he's writing those lines, man. Well, that's the other thing, too. I said to Rachel, you know, you forget that he's written this stuff and directed uh, it. I think she just, and Rachel it, just sent me a note. Uh, we, it was New Year's Eve that we saw Licorice Pizza. It wasn't, we saw it in a, in a movie theater. I thought it was at Tim. Well, can I see, do I have to go to a theater yes, still to no, see that, or is it not available? Well, you know, you might be able to grab it from one of your, uh, you know, services, but it's right, it's not streaming. Mm-hmm. But I would say it is one of those movies 
that sort of stays with you. It's very interesting, and, and it's really mm-hmm. it's really well done. Dan Duran is here. Speaking of well done, Dan Duran tomorrow. Good morning, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tomorrow. And I'll talk to you about this after the show, but you know that Manscaped kit I gave you? Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, can you and I have a conversation for the people about, you know, how much we've enjoyed, uh, you know, escaping? The, man, the, <laughs> the, the escaping experience? Yeah, we didn't do that with each other, but yeah. No, no, no. Sure. I, yeah, individually, yeah. I did, uh, but not together. I did some exactly. escaping uh, just recently, as a matter of fact. Did you? Yeah, the day before yesterday. Oh, did you? Mm. I did, yes. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was it an occasion Was it or just the new year? <laughs> was it like? It was Friday. No, let's kind of getting back together with uh, you know, my, my girlfriend, Lisa, and I were enjoying each other's company. So Wow. Mm. Okay, well, let's tell. Let's talk about that tomorrow. What uh, <clears throat> preparation? I'm surprised. Do you have a team that because it's so immense? You have a team <laughs> that comes in and yeah. starts trimming right off the top. Yeah, you know there are those right that have a team. Why wouldn't I have a team? <laughs> <laughs> Guy like me. There are those that have reported that that uh, Dan has very small balls, but he doesn't. They're normal. It's up. <laughs> it's big. Up next to the lumber, make them look well, very right. small. Exactly. They're yes. normal-sized. <laughs> but I can imagine when Dan's manscaping, he has to put up, like, yellow caution tape around the work site. <laughs> He's, he, needs, he needs a come-along. Anyway. Oh, that, that's, come, that, that's for later. All right. Time for this. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes and has for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Lakeside with Humble and Fred News through the uh, miracle of the internet and his own Zoom studio. We welcome to this program once again, Dan Daru. Hello, Daru. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Netflix isn't making enough. So, while oddly, while competition is in the streaming space is growing and growing, they are raising their prices. So, effective Friday, Netflix uh, has they have three plans based on resolution, standard def HD, and then there's the uh, premium plan, which is four and eight K, which I think you have, Howard. Yes. Uh, so, the standard plan is going from fourteen ninety nine to sixteen forty nine. The uh, premium plan goes from eighteen ninety. Ninety nine to twenty ninety nine, and the basic plan remains unchanged at about ten bucks. Well, wow. now, now if it seems like they've raised their prices a lot lately, you're right. Last uh, price change was in October of twenty twenty, uh, and this past July, HST and GST kicked in for Canada, so that that took effect. Then that raised the price, and now this price increase effective Friday. Does this mean you'll be phoning the Netflix manager? Hmm. <laughs> Hmm? No, it makes it makes sense that you know the, uh, it's not unreasonable, I suppose, mm. for a, a buck fifty raise on on this kind of thing. Uh, but it does. I mean, you know, it is it is strange to me that they're no. doing. Oh, Dan, there's Prime and Disney Plus and Apple Plus and Crave and Roku and it goes on. No, and there's, on there, right there, I, I agree. Through, Listen, and, and, and Terry Hart, you, you kind of warbled there for a second. I was going to say Terry. 
you know, made an interesting point, many, but one, she's talking about all the different streaming services. Individually, it doesn't seem like a lot. But off the top of my head, aside from the fact that I have Bell 5 TV, whatever that costs, you know, I'm, I'm into, I'm 100 to 140 easily for all the different streaming services that I have. At least 100 bucks. And how and much did you used to pay well, for your cable? Remember when you had the cable days when you had just cable? Yeah, uh, not that for sure. But I think we're all used to it. You know, if you have four services, Amazon, Netflix, Disney and Apple, you know, it's close to 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we climbed like, right up to the uh, to the old uh, cable threshold. If you yes. cut, the, cut the cable, right? Yes. You know, and there's perspective on this, too. Like my Ignite Rogers you know, because I phone them every year and we have to revisit the deals and all that shit you got to go through. And I'm looking at about 150 bucks for my Internet and my TV service. Yeah, same service. here. Listen, divided by 30 days, that's five bucks a day. When you think about the entertainment and the usage you get out of it, what's five bucks a day? It's not much when you look at it that way. Well, people walk into a Starbucks and pay that for a fucking coffee every day. And I agree, too, uh, with this. In terms of uh, Netflix charging you 20 bucks mm-hmm. a month, I, I, my mind went right to that. I think, well, mm-hmm. considering that I watch more Netflix than I do my Bell 5, it's a way yeah. better deal for me. And I know we've had conversations with listeners, and I'm sure we're going to hear again from somebody mm-hmm. saying, you guys should get the... Fire stick or the the whatever that stick is called. There's a stick people mm-hmm. have. The Google Chrome, Chrome stick, Chromecast, Chromecast. Or yeah. Um, but that Netflix is a pretty good deal. You know, I watched. We watched a series. I watched mm-hmm. a couple other things this weekend. You know, if you it think really about it, it, as things go, it's really remarkable how again broken down. You know, per day what you're paying, it's not much. But then you add up all the services was kind of my no, original point. It's a lot of money, Dan. But that's all discretionary, too, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. no one's forcing mm-hmm. you to do yeah. it. Danny. And it's a good time of year to go through all your subscriptions and see if they're valuable to you right now as a cost-saving measure, if that's something you um, want to do. Can you come back in after our guests here? Because I wanted to, I think a lot of people want to get a Clifford update, a veterinarian update. Okay, um, sure. You know, it's always nice to have you at the end. We'll maybe have a little chat with you, Dan Duran's uh, news. Do you have any more news? Because I've got a couple of people standing by here. Uh, well, I was just going to quickly uh, reference vaccine countries and uh, uh, Djokovic's returning to Serbia. Well, why don't you do that uh, after, but, you know, after this? Later. No, come yeah, back. Do come that back. Later. It'll be like a little tease for people. Come back and do that. Yeah. And, Sounds good. You know, it's the kind of thing. You know, it's the kind of thing where if, you know, Fred was programming this, he'd say, oh, yeah, let's do a little tease. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you, Dan. All right. Yes. And then we'll come back. We'll also talk about how uh, how long it takes for your manscaping. <laughs> how long? <laughs> what kind of? Do you have to put aside a couple hours for that? I really look forward to that. I yeah. can't wait. Let's, let's All right. do it. All right. We're going to be uh, waiting for... Uh, a couple of very nice people, Jerome and uh, Graydon, Graydon uh, Wellborn, Wellborn and Jerome Hoyt. Uh, if you guys can hear me, turn your uh, cameras on so that everyone... There we go. Hey, Jerome. Hey. hey. Look at this. Good everyone. Wow. Look at you, too. Wow. Uh, I'm Howard. This is Fred. Of course, young people never heard of us, but we're really cool. Oh, we know you very well. You don't know. What's that? 
I said, I've heard of you. I've got your posters on my wall. Oh, do you? <laughs> I had your poster in my locker room growing up. So You're, You know what? We were your grandparents' favorite morning show. But there actually was it. There was a day when there were posters. Oh, yes. That's right. Yeah. And now both of us. And now, you know, there was a day, guys, we were a big deal. Now, after this show, we're both going to do our regular job at Walmart greeting people. <laughs> uh, the uh, white, you know, we. Uh, I'll tell you, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. And, and it's, hey, thanks for having us, guys, by the way. I'm really Thank looking you. forward to this because for, for several years, Freddie and I have been sort of a safe space for cannabis conversations. And just when I think that... I, we've explored every aspect of this. And then I, I, I come across the White Ash Group, whiteashgroup.com. And Jerome and, uh, and Graydon, maybe you can explain what happens at White Ash and what part of the cannabis space, and I hate people say space, but what part of the cannabis world you guys are in? Jerome? Yeah, so we are in the uh, the recruitment side of the industry. Um, so we are the the North American Premium uh, Rick Staffing Agency. We work exclusively with the cannabis space, um, and we basically what we do is we recruit for across the whole industry. So what we call is roots to suit, seed to sell. So anything from retail to the big exec suits in the office to the agriculture, retail, and extraction, and anything and anywhere in between. Um, and uh, I apologize if my accent gets thick when I get excited. If there's no if there's no subtitles. <laughs> How about our accents? It's got to be bananas to you. Yeah, um, no, I've been I've been in Canada nine years now, so I'm a I'm local minus the accent. Well, you know that's fine. You know, great. I, I was thinking recruitment of of human beings is a huge issue right now. Pandemic. The pandemic has uh, shown us that it's hard to get people in any industry. Uh, has that been this, what you've found in the cannabis industry, Graydon? It's tough to recruit people. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always tough to recruit. Uh, Jerome and I can attest to that. We've both been doing it for a while in various different industries. But I would say in cannabis, you either get um, uh, one group of people that's very excited to at the prospect of you know maybe working for a cannabis company because it's new and it's growing and it's exciting and then there's another group of people that maybe were in the cannabis industry early uh when things were really tumultuous and and kind of up and down and uh those people are you know more reticent to go back into the cannabis industry maybe they leave Mm -hmm. and you 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 reach out to them and they want to come back they might be more reticent um but overall i would say everyone's pretty excited about the cannabis industry. Um, and you know, to work in the cannabis industry, you really need to be, uh, someone that's okay with your day to day being completely different every day. It's not one of these industries where it's really cut and dry and and obvious what's going to happen each day. You know, things can change, you know, laws can be made and you have to completely pivot and uh, if people don't like that, it's not really the best place for them. But if you do like that, it is really the best place for you. Well, is that why this became a thing for what you just described? Like, I mean, a lot of employment recruitment, you know, they'll do it for any industry. Hmm. Why the focus on, on the cannabis industry? Or did you just describe why? It, it's a certain individual. Well, yeah, for, for us, it was, uh, I've always been pretty entrepreneurial, and so is Jerome, and you know, when we, when I, uh, prior to getting into cannabis, I was in the banking industry and I just wanted something that was a little bit more fast paced. I wanted something that, um, was exciting and where I could have a bigger impact. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of, uh, cannabis focused recruitment firms around. And I thought that, you know, 
we could do that really well. Jerome, do you want do you want to jump in there? Yeah, too? no, I think you know cannabis in itself as well. Sort of going back to your previous question as well. I think the pandemic has sort of solidified cannabis's reputation as recession proof. You know, as we know, the sales went through the roof. I mean, you walk down Queen Street, there's a uh, there, there's, there's a weed shop and every a dispensary in every corner yeah. now. It's taken over Starbucks. Um, and the good thing about cannabis is, you know, it's an industry we're close with, we're passionate about. Uh, you know, I've been recruiting for 15 years, but I won't bore you with my life story. Um, but it was a new industry and it's an industry as a whole. It's, you know, not just, you know, as I mentioned, look, it's agriculture, it's retail. It still needs finance departments, the same as any other industry. But being in its infancy compared to other markets, especially the legal market anyway, you know, it's really one of those that was going to be built out. And with 15 years prior experience, you know, these companies are building facilities and they're saying we're going to hire three to 400 people. Now, who's going to manage that when you've got millions of dollars of investors' money on the line? No, you want to make sure you're doing your job properly, but who's doing the human resource part? And uh, the challenge with the recruitment part is it's good. It's fine, as Graydon mentioned, but, you know, we are dealing with humans. You know, everybody, you know, it's not like a phone. If you want to go there, do you want to buy my iPhone? Yes, I do. If not, then uh, you don't take it. But with humans, it's external factors. There's many things that get involved as well. But that's just all. It's a booming industry. It's growing. It's rapid. It's huge. Uh, and, you know, that's how we can lend our skills to help, you know, to the success of the industry. We're talking to uh, Jerome and uh, Graydon Jerome Hoyt. I hope I got that close. And yeah, Graydon uh, Welburn is here from uh, whiteashgroup.com. I, I have a couple of questions. One is when you're recruiting at the C-level, CFO, CEO level for a cannabis, say a, a big operation, and they're looking for somebody with experience, do you... We used to work for, uh, Freddie and I, one of our favorite bosses was a professional CEO. He'd worked for many, many big companies. And, and I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Have you run into some people that are like, hmm, this is the right job, but it's not the right industry for me? Do you know what I'm saying, Graydon? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. they don't want to be the CEO of a weed company because of some stigma around it. Yeah, I do think the stigma isn't fully shaken out, uh, you know, so to speak. There is definitely some people that we speak to and, you know, maybe they think it's still too early or, you know, they they have the idea that the, it's not a solid industry or, or maybe or that's not, not the career properly. path they want to go on. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, we, we definitely do run into that. Um, like I said before, majority of people are excited, but there's definitely still a stigma that still exists. Like, I mean, when I tell people <laughs> of what I do for a living. They go, oh, so you sell weed. I'm yeah, like, no, exactly. Not what I said. <laughs> yeah. And that was going to be my second part of that question because there'd be some guys that there's some human beings at the C level that don't want that on their resume. And then some yeah. people at the other level are like, oh, do I get to smoke weed every day? I mean, mm-hmm. that's at the job. <laughs> it's definitely a, every phone call is different for that reason. Yeah, I bet. All my friends think that I can just get them all the discounts. And I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> Funny about the the stigma, though, right? Somebody might, oh, I'm not sure I want to be, um, you know, heading a, a weed a weed company, but they wouldn't think twice mm. about a liquor company. No, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a lot of... I tried, work, sorry, I tried ahead, working from England once, and I was on the bus, I'll keep it short, and I was calling a candidate, and I found myself whispering, because obviously back home in England, <laughs> it's not legal. And it's like, they think I'm like some El Chapo or something. <laughs> no, I'm just That's trying right. to get someone a job. I don't know what you like, were looking at me like this for. I'm not, I'm not that sketchy guy. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say that, uh, you know, at the start, there was uh, some hesitancy, I would say, back for us in around... 2019, um, when we would phone some candidates, they would be really concerned about, oh, no, I don't 
I don't want to work in the cannabis industry. I won't be able to travel to the U.S. And I, and I was just always like, you're going to be able to travel to the U.S. <laughs> it's legal in many states. It's going to be federally mm-hmm. legal. And they're like, nope, 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 nope. But I mean, as, as we see now, it, it's going to be federally mm-hmm. legal in, in, yeah. in no time. So. Yeah. Well, guys, um, whiteashgroup.com is where you find out more. It is a unique uh, proposition. I, I was trying to sort of ask a little bit about, you know, I've talked to some people in business and they say, you know, it's hard during this pandemic because not everyone, you know, a lot of younger people aren't looking to to, to work outside of the home again or they want to do things online. And has has recruiting in your industry, in this industry, been a ch- more of a challenge because of the pandemic like trying to find people at mid levels or are or are because of the as you said because it's an industry that's growing people who are gravitating toward it are into it but i just wonder if the pandemics hurt your business yeah um, i mean luckily for us i mean if we look at the numbers I, we'd have to say no because luckily for us i know it's not been the same for everybody but we have grown double every year and we tripled last year so that is a good in, an overall good indication for us that you know things are going well in the recruitment aspect of the industry not even just from a selfish personal side of it mm-hmm. um to do that it's definitely been a mix i think you know the pandemic uh, has definitely change the demographic a little bit in the sense of the way that people can work you know people are a bit more flexible on hybrid roles and work from home and especially as it goes the industry goes through the different channels now we're like in sales and marketing they are more open to letting people work from home as i mentioned which in turn opens up a much bigger talent pool, which means more, more work for us obviously but yeah. you know, we enjoy that um, so I think it's definitely uh, changed, shifted a bit. Obviously, if you're dealing with the plant, the plant doesn't care what's going on outside the facility. They're not worried about, you know, oh, there's COVID out there. They still need to be looked after. They still need to grow. So there definitely is a shift in, in, in certain challenges and certain roles. But overall, I think people's mindsets of how people can work and the flexibility has come into play, which to some extent has made it that little bit easier because, you know, since the pandemic, everybody set up nice, big, fancy home offices, chairs, and bought all their nice products. So people are keen to start utilizing that now. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. I can see that it's interesting because you guys are obviously in different locations. Graydon looks like he's in front of his parents' liquor cabinet, and Jerome, <laughs> Jerome, Jerome looks like he's in somebody's. Like, his, did you just get out of bed, Jerome? Is that the is that the curtain no, in your bedroom? My, my, my story is my eighteen months at home, and she's taking over the main room. So yeah. I've been in the, in, 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 right. in the dungeon. I, I right? am actually in. Uh, I'm, I am visiting my parents right now. I'm in Calgary. That's Are really you really? Oh, wow. You nailed it, Howard. Wow. Yeah, that was really good. Was like, did you do your research? No, I didn't. I just guessed. I'm like, that looks like my parents' liquor cabinet. Um, it's actually just, this is just a window, but if there was goose oh, behind it? it, it would be a little bit more exciting. But uh-huh. Oh, you're a Calgary no, guy, Graydon? Yeah, I, I'm from Calgary. I was uh, raised raised here in Calgary, and then uh, I've lived in Toronto for ten years. But uh, I just, I'm, I just I'm originally, came back here. I'm originally from Moose Jaw, and I've lived in Calgary. Oh, nice. My brother's there. In fact, my daughter's visiting in Calgary because she wants to go skiing. Uh, nice. Listen, you two, what a what a pleasure talking to you. I hope this won't be the last time. Whiteashgroup.com. White ashgroup.com and Jerome very lovely Graydon all the best and uh, we'll talk to you thank guys you. soon thank you very much hey, thanks, thanks for having us, guys. Okay. For having us. And, then, and go Take back care. and tell your friends oh it was so much fun talking to these two old fellas <laughs> oh, great way to start the week honestly guys thank you so much uh, it's our I told you I was going to meet that guy in the poster in my locker <laughs> <laughs> listen I, I, go, get back to your kid 18 months is a great age <laughs> take, take care guys around. Take care. All right, see bro. you later take care see you guys 
Yeah, man. Every, you know, again, just when you think you've had every conversation about that industry you can have. I mean, we've talked to growers and regulata- regulators mm-hmm. and uh, PR people and cannabis, you know, companies. and Like that blows me away that that is even a thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's specific. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Although, you know, again, oh, yeah. I, I, I think there'd be some, you know, older people that wouldn't want to have that, you know, like they, you don't want to go from the CEO of, of uh, you know, right. uh, Campbell's Soup to uh, some big cannabis company. But, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think the the stigma is quickly wearing off. Dan Duran is mm-hmm. back. We really, um, we never talked much about Djokovic, although everyone knows that he was kind of being a dick. And then he, he Australia. I'm so happy for Australia saying, you know, fuck you. Fuck you, athletes. No, I mean it. Like, they're just people that bang balls against, you know, fuck. They're just, they're not magic. Well, you know? And, you know, it took balls, Howard, uh, because a lot of people buy tickets to something like that, expecting to see the best the world has to offer. Yep. And they took arguably the best player and eliminated him. And you know how he's replaced? No. The, pa- the last person that failed to qualify. Sure. So you're taking the very best player in the world out and putting one of the... An alternate. Lesser players in the world, by a long shot, in. So, yeah, it took balls. Rafael Nadal, a very, very famous tennis player. You know, not a, you know, a, a Hall of Famer for sure, wouldn't Nadal? I mean, he's like, you know, amazing, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nadal says, the only thing for me is clear. If you are vaccinated... You can play the Australian Open. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and I love that. I just fucking yeah. love that. If you're about, mm-hmm. I, under, he's, I love what he's saying. From what I understand, mm-hmm. and then he goes on to say, and the world, in my opinion, has been suffering enough to not follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Comma, suck it. Not so you mm-hmm. can say that. Well, here's, no. here's the thing that amazes me, is that uh, how much money a guy like this is prepared to lose. I don't know how much the Open's worth, but he's like the fourth highest paid athlete in the world last year. Like, yeah, he can afford to miss endorsements it. And something. But yeah, he can afford to. But also, uh, Lacoste is asking for a meeting now that he's back in Serbia yeah. to discuss all this. Like, just yep. think of their brands, and he's like got Pujo and all these other brands that, that he's uh, they're trailing around with him. Not competing in this huge open that they would get coverage in, and now he's also tarnished his reputation a little bit. So, hundred mm-hmm. you know, percent. Yep, he could lose yeah, more actually than just not, the, the purse. Actually, not playing is a pittance because you know if the if the grand prize for winning the tournament's a million bucks, that's nothing. But you're right; all the attachments to that becomes the issue and then stan i'm glad you brought that up because i had mm-hmm. said similar to rachel i said it's not nothing happens in a vacuum anymore it's not just missing the tournament it's all the people that support mm-hmm. him sponsorship wise that are gonna i'm not surprised lacoste like listen you know i'm a tiger woods fan everyone knows it but in 20 I mean, was it 2010 or 2013? 2010 when that incident happened and it all came out that he was having sex with a million waitresses. You know, other, and like, but believe me, he had big sponsorship, Nike, American Express, a couple others. Now, Nike stayed with him and, and most of them did, but, lot, but some of them left his brand. And that, now that was, so fast forward many years later, there's not going to be a lot of people wanting to stay with him now because he's got some stink on him. 
Yeah, well, time will tell, won't it? Um, one other perspective. You know, the reaction in Serbia, the president or the prime minister, whoever the hell it is that runs that country, the, the things they were saying about this is almost like not racism so much as it's picking on a Serbian and this is a uh, slight against the Serbian people. This is an insult to my country. If that was a Canadian who had gone through the same exercise, the Canadian government reaction would, would not have been that. would no, have been no, completely no. different. For whatever reason that is, if that was a Canadian that did that, I'm sure Trudeau would come out and basically say uh, what Nadell said. Well, the rules is the rules. Yeah, I know. Beginning and the end of the story, right? Well, why is that? Why, why are I, certain I don't know. cultures, you know, it's, oh, well, you're picking on us. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was their first reaction, almost to the point where you don't want a Serbian to set that record. That's no, exactly. why you're doing this. Well, why can't they just be like, you know, and it frustrates me when I watch, you know, again, I watch golf and no one's referencing the pandemic. You know, it's sort of in a way I feel like it's irresponsible for these networks not to say, you know, well, during a global pandemic, you know, some people like they, when I told you they were shooting, they were panning the crowd and. So yeah. many people were still wearing masks, mostly mm-hmm. non-whites. But, mm-hmm. they, you know, it, it wouldn't. Why can't they say, well, you can see that some people are still taking precautions during this surge of Omicron. It's like it doesn't. It frustrates me. It, it's like it doesn't exist to them. Well, and, yeah. All the football games this weekend, Howard, full stadiums, absolutely jam packed. And then you look at the NHL schedule, all the games that are postponed are the games in Canada. You know, there's an exception to that rule. There's a couple in the states that have been postponed. But when it comes to, like, basketball and uh, football, and no, they're, they're just full. So the Serbian government could do a service to their own people by saying, well, you know, we don't like it. We feel uh, it's too bad. But, you know, we're all trying to, you know, mitigate the damage from this global pandemic. And here in Serbia, we endure. You know, what are they going to do? Fucking, I'd love, here's what they should do. Declare war on Australia. Serbia and Australia. That would be cute. Yeah. Why yeah. doesn't Serbia attack Australia for this insult? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dan Duran no, has more. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Freddie. I thought no, Dan- no, no. It's, it, it really is good what Australia did. Because when it comes to sport, money, and superstars, and you know athletes being worshipped, you, know, you might have expected them to back down. They did not. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dan Duran, you said you had some breaking news for us. One more story. Uh, before we wrap things up here today. Well, it was not really breaking users tied into the uh, this particular story and uh, the all the vaccines. And we've been talking about Quebec or there's been Quebec uh, mandating vaccines and finding people who aren't vaccinated. There are countries in the world that are doing that currently. And I just I didn't realize that uh, like countries like Austria and Ecuador, Germany is making plans, Indonesia. Uh, is is up there as well, along with Micronesia. And there's all kinds of countries that have already done that. And uh, it, that was the only comment that was going to be. It was more about uh, the, the Lacoste and uh, talking about Djokovic. Okay, very good. Yeah. Um, you know, when somewhere in the Trump trajectory to wherever he is now, you know, a few times... You know, I said it, you probably said it, and and I got a little criticism for, you know, saying, oh, it's just like Nazi Germany, or it's just like Mm -hmm. Hitler, and I think more and more people are starting to kind of clue in to just how bizarrely reminiscent of the Third Reich this is all starting to be. I'm I'm not saying anything 
you don't already know. But here's some audio from the uh, Save America rally. And it's sort of scary in its rhetoric. And I, yes, I know it's Trump and he's a joke and whatever, but... When was this rally? This was this weekend uh, oh, okay. in, in a place called Florence, Arizona. I mean, really, we're seeing things that have never been seen in modern um, politics before, but we're seeing a man rallying his troops, similarly to what happened in you know, 1930s Germany after the uh, mm-hmm. embarrassment of World War I and getting the German people back and rallying. Just denigrating white people to determine who lives and who dies. If you're white, you don't get the vaccine, or if you're white, you don't get therapeutics. It's unbelievable to think this. And nobody wants this. Black people don't want it. White people don't want it. Nobody wants it. Wants what? What the fuck is he talking I'll keep, about? It, it gets better. He's ta- well, basically, he said, if you're okay. white, you can't get a vaccine. Since when? And since what? never. Where? <laughs> since never. <laughs> Listen again. There's more. It's not even believable. You saw this a week ago where it came out. Nobody can even. Be- now, that's, his, that's one of the things that he does. And I've been reading about this technique he does. It's one of the things people are talking about. No one's talking about white people not being able to get vaccinated. But he says it. And, you know, they call that in sales the assumptive clothes. But he says it in such a way that, oh, you're, that, you're sort of going, yeah, I guess we did hear that a week ago. Believe it. They don't even talk about it and they don't want to talk about it because they know it doesn't work very well for them but the wall street journal described the practice race-based preferential covid treatment so that's what it is you get it based on race in fact in new york state if you're white you have to go to the back of the line to get medical help think of it if you're white you go right to the back of the line so what we're seeing him do is rally the white. I mean, how more how much more blatant do you need? Well, again, if this was 20, 30 years ago, I don't know how many years ago. And a significant player in the Republican Party said those words. He'd be totally pillaged this morning. Yeah, he'd be thrown out of the party. The uh, other members of that party would get together and say, we, we can't stand for this. This is not the face of our party. It's totally unacceptable. And let's see what's said today. There will be crickets because all the bastards at the top of that party are fucking spineless creeps. They really are. It's something else that will be tolerated, Howard, oh, in yeah. that party. Well, this, that's, that video has been out for a couple of days. I, it's, I, I, uh, I saw it, but I, John Moore had you know, reacted to it. All he put was, it's so hard to be white. <laughs> no, it really know, is. It's very fabulous. difficult, very difficult these days to be white. And what's weird about this video, if you want to go search it out, it's not on CNN or Fo- even Fox. Mm-hmm. It's now on one of those, you know, white supremacist channels or whatever they're calling those fucking OAN or Newsmax. And in the background, as in every rally, this is all propaganda. There's four or five black faces wearing white T-shirts with the uh, uh, heading. It says blacks for Trump. Mm-hmm. So he gets to cover himself by saying, look, there are black people here. And when he says blacks do don't that. want it. Oh, yeah. Blacks don't want the white mm-hmm. people to not get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. It's like that Candace Owens. Who oh, my God. Made, she's made a career out of saying things as a black person that white people want to hear. She's not stupid. She's built a career ago. I don't even think she believes half to what she says. 
know. She's crazy. But you know what she is? She's a black face that's welcome on all those white racist networks like yeah. Fox and Newsmax, and she's making a career out of it. Of course, there's no integrity attached to that, but that's what she's doing. You know, Fox, here's their response this morning on their webpage. Biden has been a bigot and propagandist throughout his entire career in politics. Mark Levin. Yeah, and I they know. always do that. Whenever yep. Trump or one of their people are do something blatant, they don't report it, and they immediately grab a Democrat and try and shoehorn yep. the story that way. And listen, and we've said it before, and I've said it before, and people go, you can't. Uh, we're to the point after hearing what you just played from Donald Trump. If you still buy in, you're a fucking simpleton. Well, that's, there's no doubt that you're a simpleton. But I mean, like, there, there's a complicated there's a complicated reason people buy in, and it's unfortunately it's not just because they're dumb, right? No, I know, but there's complicated reasons for everything. No, um, no I know, but in this yeah. particular case, this is I'm going to send you an article I yeah. saw about this idea of mass psychosis because what we're seeing yeah. Yeah. is ma- is a mass disconnect of, of 40 million people. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, and it's yeah it's spread around the world this sort of gaslighting of your constituents, but you know what you just described, Candace Owens, you know it, it, there's there's video of her being critical of Trump until it occurred to her and others that they could make money by supporting him, yep. and as you've said, I've said, we've all said, blah, blah, blah. but as we've all said, it's fucking their country, right. I'll, I'll guarantee you Candace Owens will be on Fox tonight if that Trump thing becomes any kind of a story. It won't on Fox, but without even knowledge, they'll just have her on because, hey, it's time. Oh, shit. Trump's done something else that sounds racist. Better get a black face on. Oh, yeah. Better get a black person on this uh, network. Yeah. What I find uh, weird is the insidiousness of, uh, I, I don't think I've, in, in my lifetime at least, the insidiousness of the lying perpetrating the society and the political structure is just weird to me. It's mm-hmm. like, like nobody is like, you know, there's always been people who've tried to get away with things. But now it's, su- it's such an extent that, that it, it's like, oh, OK, it's normal. We lie. We just lie. Yep. You know, is, is that the truth? I don't care. I'll make it up. Yeah. It's, and, it's scary you're right. shit, man. It is. And what you said, Howard, it's it, it's going to destroy their country because nobody will know what the truth is anymore. You, you know, I was, I've said this, too, a, a bunch of times that one of Donald Trump's greatest, and I say this in quotation marks, greatest sort of tricks is the invention, and I know it came from Bannon, but the the modernization of saying fake news so that no matter what is being said that's critical if you so and that's again out of the third reich handbook you basically seed doubt in the popular media so that no one can trust anymore you know what's being said and that's a scary place to be and i know we haven't really leaned on trump very much lately but i thought you guys would want to hear that audio it's crazy he he Mm. has to he really and more and more it looks like he's gonna run again he has to die this is like, and again, you don't wish anything like, please, like. I do wish he would die. No, I wish he would die too. And the thing is, that's an awful thing to say. But no, here's it's another, not. Not with him. It, listen, there, it, we could come on the show and say, you know, I would like to see Putin dead, and nobody would think a thing of it. Or I want to see Kim Jong Un or whoever is fuck, you know, in, in North. <laughs> I want to see. I, w- I want to see him dead. Nobody thinks that. But when it comes to, like, a North American, you know. I know. The, r- the rules tend to be a bit different. But he needs to be dead. 
I've, I've been, I've been, <laughs> I agree. I've been trying to work. I've thinking, singing to myself the last couple of days, hurry up and die, Donald Trump, Donald <laughs> Trump, hurry up and die. Would you die, Donald Trump? And there was another thing. I uh, remember corking the juice pigs die. He must die. Donald oh, right, Trump yeah. must die, <laughs> die. He must, I don't, I want him dead every day. I pray to baby Jesus. When, when, I go, when I say, you know, when I get on about this, sometimes dolls say, you know, you have to watch karma and you have to watch stuff. Well, you know what? Let the chips fall where they may. Me dying has nothing to do with Donald Trump dying. I could get up and fucking walk across the room there and drop dead. It's got nothing to do with the fact that that, you know, yeah. what I said about Donald Trump and more people should say it. He really he needs to be eliminated. He will be running. I mean, he's doing these rallies, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and again, I want to hate the people that support him, but I just sort of feel a little bit sorry for them because it's like watching group hypnosis. And, and, and yeah, we, it extends to the media that supports him and the people and the government that support him. And you just keep wondering, like, don't they look? Isn't Kaylee McEnany or whatever her name is behind the scenes? Doesn't she think he's a disgusting piece of shit? Yet she goes on television to her for her own benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole, and, and again, Dan, you know, I, I know I, you know, I'm not a big religious guy and I'm not big on religion, but it's it's because Christianity in the States, Christianity, not mm-hmm. Catholicism, mm-hmm. is so caught up in all of this. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I loved Afterlife, because he he made it he makes it clear that, yes, you know, all these conscripts of heaven and souls and things like that. You know, we're just here. Be here now and not worry about what the afterlife. That's ironic that the title is mm-hmm. about the afterlife when he doesn't believe in one. Yeah. And let's also be clear, you know, so far, Joe Biden's been a bit of a buffoon. Yep. Things have not gone well, gone well. But most of that is just political. It's not. You know, I mean, all those things we talk about, Trump, those dangerous things. And again, if he's reelected again, it becomes vendetta and vengeance oh and God. how horrible that's nothing to do with politics. It's just going to be striking out of people he thinks need to be put in their place. So, yeah, Joe Biden, you know, they Joe Biden needs to go, too. He does. They need a star for that party to counterbalance the Trump thing. So we're not defending Biden. It's well, been almost it's almost been a disaster on a lot of fronts with him. But a we lot know of that a lot of the stuff that Biden, has, I mean, his approval ratings. I don't know if you heard this on the weekend, but is yeah, they're brutal. Is, they're brutal. They're in, the, they're in the low 30s. Jobs, economy, foreign policy. But I got to be on a lot of that is not in his control. I mean, like mm-hmm. Obama. You know, the the Republicans were yelling about repeal Obamacare, which they never fucking did. You know, mm-hmm. they, they basically this build back better thing that he wanted to do. Again, those are good intentions. And the, and the Republicans aren't going to let it go through for political reasons to the detriment of their own mm-hmm. constituents. It's unbelievable. Although the inside numbers, the economy apparently is doing pretty well under Biden. But that for some okay. reason, that's been over overshadowed and part of the frustration there is too it's just you know when trump was riding the high there and all those economic numbers were pretty good and on the surface he wasn't responsible for any of those either so when times are really bad and times are really good everybody in power is somewhere up the middle with that stuff um did we get to everything today 
on your end, Freddie? I'm just floored. I hadn't heard that Trump stuff. Like that, that's that's very unsettling. Did you hear me just a second ago? What? I asked you if you got to everything today. Yes, yes. Oh, you did. Okay. Yes. Oh, oh no. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Sorry. This is very impactful. Exactly. I know you are, but we got to get very pivotal in our. You know that is that's a that's a world event. Like that's crazy, scary shit. Yep. Saying white people white people are being put upon because they can't. He said they couldn't get vaccinated. So if you're if you're somebody that follows him and you think that he's telling you the truth, Mm -hmm. how outraged are you going to be? I get it. That's why I don't think they're a bunch of simpletons. I just think they're being led by this Nazi. You know, MAGA, Nazi, they're all the fucking same. Dan, what did but you want to say? how can you be led if you're not a simple... Like, well, a lot of people aren't led. No, but I mean, I mean, people believe in what they believe. It's a lot of, you know, well, listen, I don't, we don't have time today. But they're I, being, know, I know, I know. They're being led because they feel put upon, and here's this guy. I mean, okay, anyway, Dan, what were you going to say no, before I, we fre- get to Freddie's last... Uh, I was going to say, the Humble and Fred show in no way endorses the murder of a former U.S. president. No, no, no. I'm not. Oh, that's no, not true. Not at all. I to- no, we totally do. I, I disagree. Maybe <laughs> no, you don't. I would, honestly, I do. I would ra- I'd rather him just get ill and no. die, personally. Oh, okay. Well, that's you right. want him to die of natural yeah, okay. causes. How is he right. still alive now? Look at him. He's a fucking bloated blob <laughs> of poo. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, the, assassina- <laughs> the assassination thing, not that I'd cry. It would create. It would be the whole martyr. Oh, he'd be a total. Make, yeah, exactly. It might make things worse. It make. Way I would worse. just rather him get something, shrivel up, and fucking die. That's what I'd like. But anyway. But anyway, that's just me. <laughs> chamber plan. Chamber plan. Chamber plan. What's happening, Dan, with the chamber plan? Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chambers Plan is Canada's leading group benefit plan for one to a 50 employees. Well, one to a 100. It doesn't matter. Okay. Chamberplan.ca is where to go. You can get a free quote today. Uh, we're talking prescriptions and dental insurance and all sorts of therapies, depending on the level that you buy in at. They have the Teladoc system, which is wildly convenient in these trying times. Go to Chamberplan.ca today uh read all the testimonials find out how you and your people uh that you love can become part of this chamberplan.ca dan i know you used to do weather so you were probably interested in if you guys haven't seen the video of this it's freaking wild uh, the volcanic eruption oh i saw it uh, from oh so many different yeah the, the the shot from space where you can see the volcano erupting in the ocean it's an under from the, it, from the goes west satellite yeah oh my god stunning. Um, I, when I first saw that video at some point this weekend, I was like, I, I thought that was from a sci-fi movie. I really did. I thought, is that? It looks like an atomic bomb. It looked like an atomic bomb blowing up. I just saw the still. I'll have to. I'll have to. Well, see. I'm just looking yeah. at it now. It, it hit Tonga and the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Tonga. I don't think we're talking enough about Tonga or micro. You're right. By the way, or Micronesia. Mm-hmm. What it, is it, I always forget that Micronesia is actually a country. I have no idea where it is or who the Micronesians are. Maybe we should get one on the show. Sounds like something in a chemistry class. <laughs> no, I know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm Micronesia. Dan, we'll work on that. Let, let's I'm Micronesia. Micronesia. Oh, I can't remember anything. I've got selective Micronesia. 
to add to that, that the plume went up to uh, 52,000 feet above Jesus. where jetliners uh, yeah. traverse, right? So then the ash <laughs> is of concern. Well, the observing uh, the, the uh, Tonga Meteorological uh, Authority had yes. tried to get some planes up there, and they, they had to ground them for a while before they could uh, do some surveying. They still don't know the extent of the damage in Tonga, but the, uh, the shock wave, both uh, the atmospheric shock wave and the, uh, the tsunami, hit an, a, 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 like it went around the world, the, uh, yeah. that and uh, hit uh, hit the American uh, West Coast. Well, there was warnings for uh, Vancouver Island, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. Um, I know Delise always gets upset when a little plume comes up from the couch. <laughs> She'll say, Freddie, why? She says, Freddie, why? So the other night we're watching... Uh, Freddie, why? <laughs> we're watching Afterlife. And... Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm laying next to Rachel, and uh, I farted. A little plume. A little, I farted. And I'm, it was noise. It was a bit of a noise. Oh. And, uh, but I thought she wouldn't hear it over the sound of afterlife. And she looks yeah, at me. Yeah, because it's such a noise. <laughs> <laughs> the music swells. So, because I, 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 I was trying to, like, squeeze it out, but it came out with a little bit of a noise. And she looks at me right away. She goes, did you fart? I right away go, No. <laughs> I go, but I did it so well. I was such a good beat. Of, I really was proud of my acting because I went, no, what are, you, what are you talking about? Just like like an actor. And she goes, well, I, I heard. I thought you farted. And then I started laughing. She goes, did you just lie to me? I go, yeah, yeah, I had you. I said, it's what you do. You don't tell the truth when you're accused of farting. Yeah, but did you say you were laying on the couch together? Laying next to each other while I was sitting, you know. Well, that's a bad place to to lie because you know if there's a few people in a room or you're across the room you can lie and then blame the smell on something else but if there was an odor there how do you get out of that well one? wasn't there was no next? first of huh? all fart adjudicator there was no odor it was just a sound it didn't oh, make it stinky really? yeah, I'm oh, very, yeah i've been very doesn't smell, yeah. <laughs> no it does sometimes but this one wasn't about smell it was about sound man See what Trump has done? It's it's made it okay to lie. Exactly. But no, but uh, when you man. are confronted by your loved one, if you have farted, mm-hmm. right away you have to deny. But don't you can't you just one further point, you know, I guess maybe I'm fucking naive, but you know, there's got to be a lot of Republican people sort of up the middle lean towards Trump because they sort of like what he says and they don't like the left alternative and all that. But can't you just hope that there's a lot of people up the middle, Republicans hear that and go, you know what, that's too much. That's too much for me. I'm not talking about the fucking whack job simpletons that would actually go to his rally. I'm talking about Joe Average, traditional Republican. Well, I have an answer for that, but you won't like it. What? Well, there was, you know, it's, it's in, and you read anything from the, the history of that time, there were lots of people in, in Germany in the 30s that thought, well, this guy's a whack job, but surely, you know, he won't go further than this. And that, that was part of the thing is everyone thought, well, well, this is certainly, once they start doing this, well, certainly somebody will say something. Mm-hmm. The saving grace now is that, you know, Maybe because of social media, maybe because of the fact that we're all so connected and because of the fact that that rally video, even though it wasn't broadcast on any real uh, networks, that video is now available. Maybe that's the kind of maybe there will be a tipping point. You hope so. Well, uh, the other day, 
I was listening to Howard Stern, and he went off on a bit of a rant, a rant. And I thought, you know, that's pretty significant and pretty powerful. A guy that doesn't like to get political, a guy who actually had a friendship with Donald Trump, you know, went at him pretty good for a lot of this stuff. And I thought there's a lot of people that would listen to the Howard Stern show again, might be up the middle or lean Trump's way in here. My hero Howard thinks that way. Maybe he can change some minds because we're talking millions and millions and millions of people that listen to him. So maybe we need more of that. Well, I hope so. Dan, do you have uh, the manuscript uh, version in front of you? Yeah, I do. Oh, I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Canicabana, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Manscaped. Making balls cleaner and more streamlined for that extra special new ball sheen. <laughs> I'm Dan Duran, and this message makes me queasy. Destination, a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh.